Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolaro, and I am your host for the 200th time for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And we got a good show for you tonight. We should be joined by both Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because of everything going on, but we will have a lot to talk with you tonight. And we thank everybody for listening to us, whether you're in the chat room right now. What's up, Cousin David? Hope you and Nancy are safe and healthy and hope everything's good with uh, Uncle Joe and Aunt Therese and everybody. And we thank everybody for listening. Wherever you listen to us from, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn, the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And once again, we thank you all for listening. No matter how you listen to us, we thank you for joining us. And yes, we have hit 200 episodes, and it is it is weird that our 200th episode co- coincides with everything that is going on in the world right now. The NBA season has been canceled. Uh, the NHL season has been canceled or postponed is probably a better word for it. There's not going to be any March Madness tournament, apparently. The MLB season has been pushed back. The start of it has been pushed back. But we do have plenty of NFL free agency to talk about. But as I have been for the vast majority of these 200 episodes, I am joined by Dave Hastings. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank God for the NFL and giving us something else to talk about. Yep. But before we talk about that, oh, wow. Okay, cousin, da- you see Cousin David in the chat room. His wife, Nancy, wants to know, do you think the coronavirus is a dumpster fire? That seems apropos. Go, go ahead. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great question, and uh, the answer is quite simple. Yes, with all caps and numerous exclamation points and mm. everything else, because Yes, it's a dumpster fire, and I'm tired of it, and I really, really hope that it gets better and doesn't get worse before it gets better like I feel like it's going to. Yeah, the porta-potties are definitely on fire for this one. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll talk about the NFL free agency because, obviously, we have a lot to talk about um, in terms of NFL free agency. It has been a big 48-hour period uh, since the NFL side, the players agreed to the collective bargaining agreement on Sunday. We'll get into that. 200 episodes, Dave. And I'll, I'll tell you this, as, as happy as I am that, you know, we started doing this version of the show in 2016. I think this is really just a celebration of the fact that the sports zone name has lived on from what you and uh, Joey D started back in 2011 i believe it was right yeah yeah i think it was that long ago my friend mm-hmm. and it, I, it, I, it's crazy to think that uh even with all the ups and downs and different obstacles we've dealt with and challenges and different people we've worked with and you know i mean the list goes on and on but we've continued to keep going and you know obviously you always uh look for ways to do things that you love to do, no matter whether you're doing them for free or getting paid. And we're lucky enough to be able to at least do this once a week and 
I definitely count myself thankful that it's lasted as long as it has. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about everybody from the club zone days who helped you guys and us out when we, uh, when we were doing it in club zone. But I want to give a shout out to the ones who were with this version of the, of the show, Dave Tice. I haven't talked to him in a little while, but only because, you know, we both got a lot of things. I believe he is married now, but obviously Dave Tice was a big part of the first couple of years. Mike Mackery was a big part of the latter half of the of, uh, latter half of the first year. I believe your boy Mike Bale got in on a show or two there. So big shout out to all these guys. And I tell you this, uh, one of the things I've always regretted is that because you were on the air with Mike Macri and Macri was a lot of fun to be with uh, when he was on the show. He was he was a little bit of a crazy guy. Tice was great. Tice was on the air for a couple of years with us. He was great. But my one regret is that we never had Mike Macri on the air with someone who is with us tonight. And I'm, I'm thankful that he's been with us for the better part of the last three years, I'd say. Because I know he wasn't with us much for the first year that we were doing this. I always regretted not Mike ha- not having Mike Macri on the air with Eric Tressler, who is with us tonight. Eric, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, at least we have the, I guess you call Dave the original OG. Mm-hmm. And then you would probably, <laughs> you know, because it really started, SportsZone started with him and, and, uh, Joey, and Joey Balls. So... Yeah, Joey D. So, I mean, the two of them is what really kick-started all of this. And see, going so many years later, I'm sure, Dave, that's got to tug on some heartstrings for you. Um, yeah. I know we're, yeah. we're, we're definitely a different format, different, different show than we were in the club zone days. Mm-hmm. But I think we, for the most part, still have those same attitudes, still have the same amount of fun with it and that's why we keep doing it and i tell you one guy i want to give a shout out to from the club zone days for some reason his name was not coming to my mind right away shout out to louis primo who dj'd eric's wedding last year give a shout out to him and listen shout out to fife i mean without him we wouldn't have we wouldn't have any hockey talking on the show practically i want to shout out some former listeners like julie jules and you know we used to have some some people in the chat on the daily so i mean i think Mm -hmm. that used to be a lot of fun um yeah, shout out to to uh, to the old club zone, sports zone, and to what you guys are doing now. Like you said, I wasn't around much of the first year you started when you were doing these streaming broadcasts, but doesn't mean that I really left. Um, you know me, I'm I'm here. Yeah, you were with us. I love it. Whether you we're arguing, did. whether we're no matter what we're doing, I'm here. You definitely were, and I know I I wanted you on the first year. And like I said, I would have loved to have had you on when Macri was on. Because the two of you guys, like, honestly, the stuff that you do, and Dave, you remember the stuff that Macri used to do when he used to go off on, like, Chip Kelly and shit like that? Oh, yeah, he was, him and Eric would have had some fun, but my favorite part is he was more than willing to go after the Eagles and have some fun with that, and that's mm-hmm. something all, all four of us um, easily could have joined in, and let's be honest, even Cousin David would have his two cents in the chat for us, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, and so, a shout-out I mean, shout out to Cousin David for being – being listening and I, I love David. David's always been, you know, David's a great guy, great cousin and everything. So I want to thank him personally for always listening to the show. And I'm sure Nancy's back there too. I love his wife, Nancy. Nancy's a great person. So thank you to you guys and anyone who's really been listening uh, to us on the podcasting outlets. Very happy that we were able to get that done over the last year. So that that's a nice thing there. Um, and last shout out, I want to give a shout out to the ones who I got to, uh, 
to write on the website when we were doing that in 2014. Um, Tom Lembo, uh, George Murphy, Tice was in on that, uh, Gennady Berginsky, um, Jake Dixon, who stuck with us until about 2016 when, unfortunately, life got in the way. Aaron harassed me. I believe he had a couple articles in there. And I know I'm probably leaving one or two people out. But uh, thank you to everybody who has been a part of this show, website, whatever you want to call it, the whole time. I'm just thankful that we still get to do this. And now... We'll just let's just great. Like, obviously, we know everything else is canceled, everything else is postponed right now. Let's talk NFL though, because a lot of shit has gone down in the NFL over the last couple of days. We'll start with what kicked it off basically, which was Sunday with the collective bargaining agreement being ratified by the players. I know we spoke about this collective bargaining agreement a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think any of us were really that thrilled with it. And I don't think the players were that thrilled with it either because this thing only passed by about 60 votes. Over 900 players voted no for this thing. But unfortunately, as much as I know none of us really feel like the players got everything they wanted or deserved out of this, I do think that this was better than the alternative, which was no deal. So I guess we could start I there. Okay. I mean, no I'll deal. I'll disagree with that. No deal right now would have been fine. You're not putting, nothing's on the calendar right now. The sports is cleared out. If there's any time to to take a day and just say, no, I'm not taking this deal. Let's see what happens. I, I would have done that. I, I don't understand what they were doing by, and I get it. It only passed by, I think, 65 votes. Not 60. Out of 60. Uh, about 20, about 2,000 that voted. And there was 500 players who didn't even vote. That, to me, is the biggest problem. So, I mean, to tell me that you actually had, like, oh, well, you, but listen, with, with everything that's going on right now, whatever, to rush to put this thing to vote is something the NFL really wanted because everybody knows with the streaming services soon to get football and Hulu and Amazon and all these other ones, all going to be bidding for NFL football on their streaming services. The money for TV deals is going to skyrocket, and the players could have got a better deal, could have gotten more out of it, but they were impatient, and they played to the younger player in the league. They didn't play to the Aaron Rodgers and the, and the veterans. They played to the younger crowd and said, listen, guys, do you want your money? Do you want your bread now? Do you want extended benefits for a little bit longer? Do you want this and that? Do you not want drug tests for pot or we're only going to test these two weeks of the year and we're going to tell you in advance like they gave them the you know the rookie deal is what i would call it it's a deal that the younger players might find attractive because they don't know any better well they're only getting 48 and a half percent of the pie there's only 32 owners and i think what now we can establish with the vote over 2500 players and you're going to tell me that the 32 owners deserve 51.5% of the pie and the other 25 guys got to split up 48%? You're telling me they shouldn't have even fought to get a 50-50 split on that? I mean, come on. Well, I think to go to your point, also, I think the fact that the minimum, uh, the minimum salary per player is going up, I think that was in there too. Yep. But again, that, that goes to your point about this being a rookie deal. 
because if you look, I think by the time the 10 years is up, the minimum salary is going to go up to over a million dollars per player. And I know the veteran minimum is also going up there. But the reason why I said I think this was better than no deal, you talked about the uncertainty and everything. I think that uncertainty, unfortunately, played into everything, which is why the players that voted yes did vote yes, because they looked at the uncertainty with everything going on. And I think that was a tipping point for them. Right or wrong, I think that was the tipping point. But Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I really don't like this. Um, I mean, kind of like I talked about the other when we did talk about this and kind of ba- piggybacking off what Eric said. The bottom line is when you look at this, it's 2,500-plus players splitting less than half of a pie that 32 guys are getting over 50% of. They don't put any sacrifice into the league. They, the guy, these are the guy. The players are the ones that risk their bodies, their minds, everything else that comes along with being an NFL player. How you take less than fifty percent? Um, I think the fact that less than five, that over five hundred players didn't vote is an embarrassment. When literally all they had to do was click a link in their email address that they give to the NFLPA, so that it was it was as simple as literally clicking on a link and reading through a document. And I, this was well worth these guys taking the time to voice their opinion and what how close the vote was. I don't like it all around. Um, Ten years are locked into this. That means it's going to be another decade plus a year technically before they can maybe get a deal that gives them half the pie. But it's just – it's something that they should – I wouldn't be happy about, and I think it's pretty disappointing. And I think, again, what bothers me the most is the 500 players not voting. That just drives me nuts. And it gives you no right to – complain about whatever ends up coming down the road and it there's a reason that these veteran players that yeah their money was more guaranteed and that's why they have more leeway when it comes down to the thought process of being willing to deal with a lockout but when it's all said and done like these younger guys really needed to step up and you know put their foot down and not just take what the owners were giving them even with the fact that some of it is good beneficial things in the players' favor, but for the most part, it's it's pretty ridiculous, and I think they took the short end of the stick. I want now, maybe I'm wrong here, and you guys can tell me, but if I'm not mistaken, this was the very first deal offered by uh, – right? No, I they, no, I they, they that's right. I don't no, think they, that's right. No, okay, they, that's they, why I wanted to they, check. I didn't know how many other offers they went through before this is the one they settled. They've been negotiating I, for the last I, couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. For, for the last – I think this was the third offer put on the table by ownership. Mm. But the first one that went to a vote, though. Yes, first one that went to a vote. Well – Yes, yeah, that's where I, I would have declined. You never, you never accept the first offer that's written up. Yeah, but if you hear that the owners aren't going coming back to the table after this, I, I I I get your point, but the owners basically gave him a taker to leave it on this. So I yeah, I want the players. I would have left it. I'm sorry. I just I want more, more you think about like Eric even pointed out like the even with the uh, the NFL offseason starting like there's no guarantee games start on time. And if games get pushed back and then the next year you're already jumping into the 17 game season. Like, I mean, they real instead of going back to the table, I mean, they had one more year after this, like they didn't ha- have to sign this deal. They still had a chance to bring, and the, o- the owners can't survive without the players. It doesn't matter. I don't, 
that I don't get how they don't realize that the owners cannot survive without players. They're not going to make the money. Well, the, the, the guy who's the head of the players association, Demarcus Smith, I believe is his name. He sucks. He needs to be replaced. I will say that. And I don't know how he's still the head of the players union, but I want to push back on one thing that cousin David is saying in the chat room. Cause he bring keeps bringing up the no guaranteed contracts as part of the reason why the players get pushed around. That's that has nothing to do with the collective bargaining agreement. That has everything to do with the player negotiations. Once the players start, well, that, no, 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 no. I, that, that's not necessarily true. Though. That, that is true, baseball, though. That has been, nothing to do with it. Union negotiated that their all their contracts are guaranteed. They could have done that. No, that's on the individual. That's on the individuals, though. When the players start pushing, that is. Why do you think Kirk Cousins got his contract guaranteed? Because he pushed for. No, no, he only got partial guarantees. No, he he got got the whole contract. No, he got eighty-two million dollars of an eighty-four million dollar contract guaranteed. That's basically a guaranteed contract. He's the only one, though. He's the only one because he's the only one who pushed for it. He's the only one who pushed Taylor for it. Taylor just signed a $119 million deal and only $62 million of it is guaranteed. In baseball, if you sign a $119 million contract, you are getting the $119 million. Regardless of if you're hurt, you're cut, you're whatever, that team owes you. In football, it is not the same way. The players should have fought for that. The MLBPA fought for that. The NFLPA did not. They I'm- have not. And their contracts are not fully guaranteed the way Major League Baseballs are, and they're guaranteed because the deal that Major League Baseball Players Association made with me made with the play, uh, MLB. That's what happened. Dave, you Tell talk. You give, give me, give me one second. I'm going to fight you back on that because I think you're wrong on that. But Dave, you go ahead first. It's not. It's not. No, I'm looking. Driven. I'm it's looking something up player. real quick because I believe there's something that contradicts what you're saying. But Dave, you go ahead first. Look, if I remember correctly, Kirk Cousins basically for the last five years has played under guaranteed contracts with more guaranteed money than anybody's seen. Uh, But when it comes down to the players being able to push for something like that, they 100% can push for something like that. And there's nothing wrong with them wanting to push for something like that. The difference is they would have to accept probably shorter-term deals with a little bit of less money, but I guarantee each one of them would take a three-year deal with a guaranteed Sixty million dollars instead of a five-year deal with a hundred million, hundred million dollars and forty million guaranteed. I just, I mean, I, that's how the league works. Your average uh, player's lifespan is three and a half years. Like I, they one hundred percent could push for guaranteed uh, contracts if they wanted to. You guys keep going. I'm trying to find this thing because I just read this two days ago. I'm trying to find it now. You guys keep, Tell us. Tell it, us. It was, it was on ESPN. I want to make sure I read, I quote the whole thing. So you guys just keep going for a minute. Well, I mean, look, your cousin David. I don't know what you want me to well, keep dude. going on. I said it. I, I said yeah. what I had to say. You want to come well, up with a say more. To, to, say to more. Say more. Say more. I'm going to give you an hour here to research. It's not going to take me. Why did that take me an hour? I'm just saying, just vamp for a minute. Well, God damn saying, it. Like, I'm telling you, baseball. Help a brother out. NFL, NFL contracts are not. It's just what it is. And you can't tell me the players' union in baseball is the strongest union of any union among all sports when really it should be football. 
Because football is the biggest revenue generator in America right now. It should be football that generates it. It should be the players that dictate it, like they do in the NBA, like they do elsewhere. The players in the NBA have found a system where they make sure they get paid the most amount of money, whether it's think of one-year deals at a time or whatever. Like Dave said, if you take that shorter contract and that guaranteed money, guess what? You got that guaranteed money. You don't got to worry about incentives and this and that and the other thing. Your money's paid. They haven't fought for that. They need to fight for that, especially in that league where Dave, I believe you stated a second ago, the average lifespan for a player is three and a half years. I'm not going to be able to find this thing now that I want to find it. I should have saved the goddamn page. (sighs) Well, listen, I'm pretty sure, unfortunately, I got nothing more to go on than this. I don't think there's anything that pushing forward in a collective bargaining agreement would do that fighting for it on an individual le- level wouldn't do. And I really wish I it had more to go know. back you on that. You can't fight for that. That's not the way contracts are built in football. You can't give me Kirk Cousins and nobody else in as, as an example. He's an outlier. A lot of people thought that contract was weird when he signed it because it's not like a normal NFL contract. Yeah, because he fought for the guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. Give me somebody other than him with the guaranteed money. You can't do it. It doesn't happen in the NFL. Because nobody else fought for it. No, Mike, I get your point. But, like, it's not like guys don't try – their agents don't try to fight for it, but – that's instead why they get these longer deals with a fat truck. I got it. Money, I got but then the players can back out. Then the and league can back out. Okay, I got the article. This is on ESPN. The article is by Dan Graziano. And where is it? Okay. N- Do the players get guaranteed contracts? No. As we've been trying to explain for years now, the CBA isn't in place to secure those. NBA and MLB players were able to make guaranteed contracts the standard in their sports because they insisted on them individually in contract negotiations with teams throughout the years. If NFL players want guaranteed contracts, that's what they'd have to do. There is one change in the new CBA that could help, however. For years, teams have cited the antiquated, fully funded rule as a reason they couldn't guarantee large sums of money in contracts. That rule, which dates to the wobbly early days of the league when there was some doubt about the players' ability to reliably pay their players, requires a team to hold an escrow an amount of money equivalent to the amount of money guaranteed in a player's contract. So when Kirk Cousins signed for three years and $84 million fully guaranteed two years ago, the Vikings had to put $82 million into an escrow account the guaranteed amount minus the $2 million deductible. The new deal will rise the, raise the deductible to $15 million in the years 2020 to 2028 and to $17 million in 2029 to 2030. The thought is that this could create more fertile ground for players and agents to demand and receive more guarantees and contracts. So apparently the CBA isn't the place to secure those guys. It is the place. If you did, if you really read and you just read it, you skimmed over the part that was the most important, though. I didn't skim. I, I read the, the entire oh, three paragraphs. Yeah, but you did. You skip, Like I said, you read over the most important part and then just went right back to your point. I you didn't read over anything. I read three full paragraphs. No, I didn't Mike, skip I get the, I, Mike, I already know the point Eric's trying to make. Let him make it. There you go. Right. Make it for me, Dave. Mike. The part that you read that he's saying you skimmed through 
is that the players pushed for it to the point where it became the norm. By becoming the norm, that means it was built into the CBA. It wasn't built in the CBA. It was built into the guarantee, into the individual contracts, though. Yes, no, it's the not enough now. that it became the norm and built into the CBA. That's how he's saying that. That's how that reads. I mean, that the part that he's saying, that's I skimmed exactly over. It doesn't reads. say anything that's about it. being. Uh, doesn't say anything about it being put into the CBA. It says it being put into the individual contracts. Now I get. No, it doesn't. I get what you it guys. Says they fought. That it says they did that long enough that it became the norm, and then it was entered into their agreement in the, into the CBA. It is a part of the MLB CBA. Mike, you can fight me on this all you want, but I promise you, the MLB contracts, every single one of them is guaranteed this in their CBA. Okay, the and individual contracts, not the CBA, players, though. If you try to not pay a player. If the Yankees tried to cut, like, say, a Jacoby Ellsbury and say whatever, the players' union would make sure Jacoby Ellsbury got because his Because it's in the individual contract, not the CBA. It's not. They got it written you're, into their Mike, individual contract. I don't know what you're talking about. Please research it some more because I guarantee you it is in the Major League Baseball CBA. It's, I wouldn't lie it's to you. in Why the individual contracts, though. There's... If you're, wait a minute, CBA. no, no, but no, here's the thing, you can't say I'm skimming over something and then skim over this, the CBA isn't the place to secure those, why is that there if then all of a sudden it's going to be in the actual CBA? The players have to fight for it, in the, the individual contracts. Made it, a, made it a thing for so long that eventually they got it put into the CBA, that's what happened. Again, if this is if you, we all agree it's saying the CBA isn't the place to secure those. I'm sorry, what you're saying makes no sense. We don't all agree on that. I don't know where you think we all agree on that. Well, you can't say Me I'm skimming past one thing and then you're skimming past something. You don't get the point of the whole article. That's what I mean. Is you missed the most important part. Is the part you're not soaking in. Because the part I'm seeing is the CBA isn't the place to secure those. Explain that line to me. Explain that line to me. Explain that line to me. We've got maybe 20 minutes left and easily a half an hour worth of stuff to talk about. So, like, it is what it is, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm over. It is what it is. All right, fine. Yeah, Mike, look it up, and then next week you can apologize after you learned it's in the CBA. I mean, when you apologize for why that line is there, then you go right ahead, but... I didn't write it. Ask Dan Graziano why he wrote it. But I think you're misinterpreting it. I'm misinterpreting a line that says the CBA isn't the place for that. Okay. No, that's his opinion that the CBA isn't the place for that. That's his opinion. He thinks that you start with the players first, like Major League Baseball did, like the other league did, and then have it entered into the CBA. But he it's in the individual contracts, contracts like though. And well, have more contracts like that. But the problem is, is that the NFL agents and the NFL players, their contracts aren't usually built like that. So unless you get more people thinking like Kirk Cousins, which it doesn't seem like because they signed off on this, and I think Kirk Cousins would agree that you probably most people shouldn't have signed off on this. I could be mistaken. I'm not sure how he voted, but if I'm a betting man. I'm going to bet Kirk Cousins voted against it. I mean, I'd probably agree with that one too. Anyway, yeah, let's let's get to other let's get to the uh, actual signings here. 
I need something else explained to me here. You're Tom Brady. I get that you want to play for until you're 45. Why are you signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when you could just go back to the New England Patriots? That makes absolutely no sense to me. And, you know, you better be getting over $30 million because otherwise it makes no sense. Dave, we could start with you on that one. I mean, to me, it's money and weapons. And I think he also respects Bruce Arians as a head coach. But to me, it's the weapons that he could have, the money that, he, that they're paying him. And when it's all said and done with Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions, they still were basically, they were, what, 6-10? and 10? We yeah, gotta say we gotta say Brady easily adds what two to four wins to that team and makes them a potential playoff contender. Um, I mean, I one of the other rumors I heard is that Bruce Arians is a guy that you know likes Antonio Brown, and all of a sudden you bring Antonio Brown, add him to that weapon, that team of weapons, and I'm just and they're also in potential running to try and sign Melvin Gordon, so. There's a lot, a lot in play there. I don't think it's as horrible as a move as a lot of people think it is. I think more it's going to be one of those things with how well the, if their offensive line plays well, then they, offensively they're going to be able to move the ball and score points. But if they can't block, I mean, they're screwed because Brady's a statue and ain't going anywhere. But definitely, uh, I, I don't think it's as bad of a move as uh, everybody else seems to be making it out to be. Eric? Good move. I don't know why you wouldn't sign Tom Brady if you had the opportunity and you were looking for a quarterback. Listen, if Jameis Winston could throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, I'm going to guess Tom could probably do 45 and 15. Um, And I think with the weapon, also, too, um, just to throw it out there, if I'm not mistaken, they still have Cameron Bray and they still have O.J. Howard. Yep. Two solid, big pass-catching tight ends was Tom Brady like a big – Athletic pass catching tight end. He's got Mike Evans, who's, I mean, tall and, I mean, just about one of the best receivers in the league. Goes up, catches a lot. Um, you got a young receiver there. I'm not sure from Rashad Perryman. Is he, is he's there, right? That's that Perryman's the guy who merged late last year, right? No. Um, I, I know they got who's, Chris who's Go- your young receiver. They had they a young Chris receiver. Chris Godwin, I think. Godwin, yeah. Chris Godwin. Godwin. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so they, they have young weapons there. Um, If they could sign a running back like a Melvin Gordon, it probably helps Tom Brady even more. Um, I think he trusts Bruce Arians. I don't know so much about bringing A.B. in. I, don't, I still think he's a little too much to deal with. I believe him where he's at, just, you know, blowing bubbles or yelling at cops, whatever, whatever he feels like doing today. Um, <laughs> but I, I just – <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Antonio Brown does. He's, he's a mental patient at this point. He's, he's really he's – he needs help. And I, I say that in all seriousness. He is not well mentally. And uh, maybe he's getting better. Maybe I know he's been on his um, – I'm sorry, contrition tour. Somebody please sign me. But I think that's just because he's running out of money because he spends it like a drunken sailor. I'm dumb shit. So – who knows what's going to happen with him, but, I mean, if you just added that weapon, I think it would just be an overabundance. I don't think you need him. You got a number one receiver in Mike Evans already, but uh, it, it's warm. It's nicer weather. You don't got to play in that Foxborough cold. You're going to get a couple games in a dome each year, play, you know, playing New Orleans, playing Atlanta. 
Um, Atlanta looks like they're beatable. New Orleans is going to be tough, and Carolina looks like they're they're back on a quarterback search themselves, although I know they're close to signing Bridgewater, I believe, for maybe around 20 a year for three years. Um, that seems to be the report out there. They're done with Cam. So I, I just I feel like he thinks it could be a possible winnable division, and if not, they probably still look like a playoff team anyway with like a 9-7, and 10-6 record. I don't think they're going to blow anybody's doors off, but I do expect them to be better with Brady than they were with Jamison. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Mm. Well, I never so said Jameis, that I... Jameis, not Jamison, Jameis. I never, I never said I thought this was a bad deal for the Bucks. I think this is a bad idea for Brady. I think he risks really... I, well, I mean, I don't think he can damage his legacy, but, you know, the fact that he played his entire career with one team, that's a very rare thing. We've seen a lot of big names go to another team and just not, not have the level of success. I mean, Jordan with the Wizards, Montana with hold the on, Chiefs. Hold. You know, you can well, go down oh, the line. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't say that about Montana with the Chiefs, though. I just heard it today. I actually heard this stat. He played, I think, three seasons, was it, with the Chiefs? Two of them, they went to – they're the first two years, I believe, they went to the playoffs. Once they went to an AFC championship game. Yeah, but – 5,400 yards in those two seasons. Yeah, um, but you know it's had, not – It's pretty not, good years for Montana. Pretty good like years, years yes, but not great years. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. Playoff years – I mean, not the best years of his career, but That's I mean, really good I'm, years. I'm going to throw a name out at you. What about Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning goes for Mindy. Everybody thinks he's washed up with the neck injury. This and that goes to Denver, wins another Super Bowl. It can yeah. happen. Did anybody really think he was done, though? Because I know I didn't think he was done when he went to Denver. I wasn't. I mean, after, after two neck surgeries, I didn't think he was done, but I didn't expect him to break NFL records and win the Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, that's fair. I'm not saying I predicted he was going to win a Super Bowl or anything, but I definitely – I didn't think he was done. So there's that. Um, all right, real quick because we got about seven minutes left here. Um, Phillip Rivers goes to the Colts. I know you guys had big reactions to the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Hopkins goes to the Cardinals for David Johnson and a second-round pick. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I know everybody thinks this is like the worst trade possible. I don't think we can fully judge this trade until after the draft and we see how the Texans really play the draft as a result of getting that draft pick. If this, uh, if this draft class is really as deep in receivers as everybody thinks it is and they're able to use that extra draft pick for some mobility, I'm not saying it's going to turn into the best trade ever for them, but I'm saying I don't think it's going to be as bad as everybody thinks it will. Um, Eric, I could start with you on that. No, Hopkins trade is garbage, especially when you see what Minnesota got for Stephon Diggs from the Bills. I mean, the Hopkins trade is flat-out garbage. Bill O'Brien, like I said this to you guys in the text, but I'll say it on the show too, I honestly think this cost Bill O'Brien his job next offseason. I don't think bringing in a hurt, injured, often injured David Johnson, who hasn't looked right since, you know, that one big season he had with Arizona – um, I just really don't like this trade at all. Why would you take away Deshaun Watson's biggest weapon? Uh, I think it's ugly for for the uh, Texans. Great for Kyler Murray. I'm doing jumping jacks. I just got one of the top three receivers, five receivers in the league. 
to now catch the ball to go along Larry Fitz, who I, be, if I believe is Larry coming back again. I yep, don't Larry's know playing that. Again. No, he's coming Larry's back. Larry's got one seven. more, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you pair now, you put Larry out there. Now he's got really got no attention. He's the old man. He can just go out and have some fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> let are giving him most I, of the I, work and let him clean it up. That's I mean, the, I, I think it could be it could be better for for them out in Arizona. So, I mean, I like the trade for Arizona. I think they, oh, I mean, whoever's in their front office and pulled that off, pat on the back, he should be a, getting a steak dinner in the race for that robbery. But uh, I and, <laughs> and, and vice versa, I think it, it, the Bills. I mean, after seeing what what Houston got back for Hopkins, how can you possibly make that trade? For Diggs, Diggs isn't better than Hopkins. I'm sorry, Diggs is a nice receiver, really good, very talented, not taking anything away. But I think we can all agree that he's probably one step down from Hopkins on the top-tier receiver board, no? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't put him at the same level as uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, no. Um I, I, I'm not going to lie. I missed some of that because I was trying to see something else. But if you talk about Fit, Fitzgerald. You are still trying to look up and uh, prove me wrong about the contracts. Well, you? I actually did, truthfully. But um, anyway, um, you, were you talking about Fitzgerald? <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Just answer the question. Were you talking about Fitzgerald? Because I was going to agree with you. I was talking you. about the whole thing is in general. I was talking about Stephon Diggs. I was talking about a whole lot of stuff that the you just Diggs couldn't the care less about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm over. I care deeply, Eric. I care deeply. I don't... No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Be honest. I it's the first to... time I've really felt like hanging up the phone because I was like, it, it's just not even... Like, what am, I, what am I doing here? You're not even listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was stuck. No, on some real shit, though, after seeing what they – that Hopkins trade was horrible. I don't know how how you make that trade if you're the Texans. It makes no sense. He has three years left on his deal. He's going to be 27, 26 going into this season. He already traded Jadavian Clowney, your number one overall pick from a couple of years ago. Like, I don't – Bill O'Brien needs to go, and why they gave him more power instead of less power is mind-blowing to me. Um, and I, yeah, no, and what digs, what the bills gave up for digs. I mean, look, the bills are making moves. I think knowing Brady's out, they, they want to go for it. They want to win a division title. They want to make the playoffs. They're on, they, they want to make moves. Yeah. I, I think they gave up a lot of draft picks for digs though, is my thing that, that I wonder if that's going to come back to the bite them. And the last time they did something like that was the Sammy Watkins trade. And that didn't exactly work out for him. So I just hope that works out better than that one. But all right, we got two and a half minutes left. I do apologize if I took up a lot of time in this episode, but let, let's be honest with the way things have gone over the last year, it wouldn't be an episode of sports zone. If me and Eric didn't spend a lot of time going off on a random tangent that probably has nothing to do with anything else that's going on. So I think, I think that's in line. That's in character with what we normally do. I would agree. <laughs> Eric Tressler, I love normally you. Normally you pay attention to me a little more, though. I mean, you know. Oh, I only you... missed one minute. I only missed one. I think one. you missed about three minutes, if that's all you heard. If you, well, if all you got out of that was, so you were talking about Larry Fitzgerald? 
I'm I'm I, I'm sorry. That's where you lost me. You well, think that's I, all I talked about there. That's the only words you the only guy you picked up on. There's, you you missed an awful lot in the rest of that. I'm sorry. How often does that happen, though? That never happens. That's the first. I got to be honest. I can remember that you really just tuned me out and focused on something else. And I didn't even mean to because I was trying to do both. Somewhere along the way, it stopped. I blame Cousin David because I was reading what he put in the chat. And then that, so it's Cousin David's fault, Eric. It's Cousin David's fault. What do you say? At least read the chat out loud. I didn't even finish reading this article. Is a dead spin article he put in there. I found another ESPN article that backs up the original ESPN article that I quoted. This one's from a couple of years ago. So don't worry. I'll send you everything after we get off. You're, you're, listen, you're, you're, what are you, mainstream media? If it doesn't come from ESPN, you're not believing it? Would you believe it over dead spin? I don't think about listen, myself oh, on that. I believe it because I know it. I can't believe it. Fine. Eric Tressler, last words real quick. We got a minute left. Uh, stay sweaty, guys. Till next week. Uh, enjoy, I don't know, whatever the hell it is you're going to enjoy without sports. There you go. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Eric, uh, Dave Hastings. Uh, shout out to Jason Witten signing with the Oakland Raiders. Longtime Cowboy. Probably his last year in the league. Always loved what he's done, but I'm glad he moved on. I did not want him back on that roster again this year. Yeah, it's going to be sad to see him in a Raiders uniform, though. Well, thank you to both Eric Tressler and Dave Hastings, and I want to thank everybody once again for listening. 200 episodes. Love doing it with those guys. Love being able to do this each and every week. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you all next week.